The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Welcome to the Romantic Truth Podcast. You may also visit us at romantictruth.org or on Facebook at Romantic Truth in the search. Now, without further ado, introducing Jorzen, the host of Romantic Truth from our studio in Las Vegas. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Now, folks, there's something that comes up from time to time in relationships that we kind of overlook too. When was the last time your partner told you they love you? When was the last time the guy you're dating told you he loved you? Are you still in a relationship where he's sleeping with you, but he hasn't told you he loved you? Our situation, fellas, that you're in with a woman, and she's never told you those words. Now, what this also may illustrate to you is that this person may not see you in the light of being someone that's deserving of their love. They may see you as maybe an opportunity, maybe something that doesn't quite measure up to what their love is worth. When is the appropriate time to say I love you in a relationship? Some people ask. I tell them when the person feels like it. It doesn't necessarily have to be based on weeks or months or years. But what you also have to realize is that you don't want to say something that's going to embarrass you, right? This is another fear that some women may have. Expressing their emotions too quickly. Some women do this in order to trap the guy, to get him involved with her in a long-term relationship in a short period of time when she's not when he's not ready for her advance it happens some people don't even say these words to their partner they've been with them for years never once told them that they just go along to get along with each other you find this also when it comes down to those relationships that are forged out of convenience because it's easier to be with this person than to be alone. So they may not have the enthusiasm. There are some people that actually look at love as a weakness. Yes, there are people that grew up in households where they're not allowed to hug, where they're not allowed to show expression. A couple of ladies I've dated They never celebrated Christmas, never celebrated their birthdays, never had I love you from a parent or family member, never had a hug from them. They always had to be thankful for every little thing that they were given. 
And this young lady told me that the way her parents expressed love was by what they provided for her, which were the essentials that most parents are required to provide for children. Place to stay, food, clothing. So that was sufficient enough as they saw it. And she grew up very robotic like they forged her to be. She drove a pickup truck. She was very self-centered, fiercely independent. And when we had sex, it was very clinical. There was no passion. She opened her legs and we humped until we both were satisfied. And after that, she went and got dressed like we hadn't done anything. No emotions, no feelings, no caring, no caressing, no nothing. Because that's the way she was brought up. You will run across people like this. The affectionless. Some don't know how to be affectionate. Some never had tried it. Some look at it as a weakness. Even some of the topics I talk about when I talk about people being sensitive to each other. Some guys write in talking about they don't want to be soft or perceived as weak. But what that tells me is that they're wearing a manhood on their sleeve. They're so preoccupied trying to protect their manliness. Just like there's some women who are preoccupied trying to protect their rights to be equal. Sometimes it takes the air out of the room when it comes down to people like this, when it comes down to a relationship. And some of you are in transactional relationships. Yours, mine. Left, right. Some of you are more like roommates than you are lovers, than you are partners. Some of you haven't gone out on dates since God knows when. In my earlier years, when I first started going on the dating scene, there was a lady that I met. She had never been on a date before in her life. And she was 29 years old. Never went to the prom, never went to Sadie Hawkins. Never got asked out to go out on a date. And even if she liked a guy, she would never pursue him. And the only reason why she went out with me was because I pursued her. And let me tell you, it was very difficult. Oh, she went through all of the stages of avoidance. She was very defensive. Then she got to the point where she would make excuses. And then she would tell me that the only thing I wanted her for was sex. She went through all of those things. What I found out was that this woman, at her core, never knew what she missed out on. 
Her depiction of a man was somebody who beat, abused, and raped. Because that's what she saw in her household with her mom and all the boyfriends she had. On the surface, this woman looked just like any other person that would go into an office building that you would think would be a professional. Internally, she had turmoil, confusion, anger, fear. All of those emotions were culminated in one person, but you couldn't tell it behind that smile. You couldn't tell it behind those beautiful eyes. Her flowing hair. But there were a lot of things going on. And she was embarrassed to tell me. It took a while. And I'll never forget what she told me. I got it here in the log. I don't want to get serious about anyone because the last thing I need is another disappointment in my life. My childhood was my first. The funny thing, she was willing to have sex with me. And boy, it was like she was starved. And after it was over with, took a shower, she got dressed, and she left. No goodbye kisses, no goodbyes. She just left. I called her up later and said, was I that damn bad? She said, no. But I don't need you for anything else. That ended our relationship. That one phone call. You'll find people that are detached like that. I see, I wasn't hurt by it because I was detached like that in a way. I think that's one of the things that brought us together. And I had to realize that, hmm, do all women act like that? Of course not. I found that out later. But what it taught me more than anything was that Everybody is not at the same level you are at. Some are lower, some are higher, as far as emotional intelligence and feelings. In the bedroom, oh, she was active, very participatory, smiling, enjoying the moment. Afterwards, she had a scowl. It was as if she was a different person. There are people like this. And no matter how much you try to love them, no matter how much you try to persuade them, they're not interested. And sometimes we have the complex that is us. Because for a long time I thought it was me. Especially after I met the second woman that was like that. The one I told you about the truck. What I had to realize, it was about the way they were exposed to things in life. It had nothing to do with me. 
And some people go off thinking something's wrong with them and they put more effort in the next situation. And that other person may look at it as a turnoff. Others may look at it as, as an opportunity to use you. But sometimes you have to just hold the ball and just look and just say, hey, out of all the people I dated, why are these two different from everyone else? And then you start to assess, oh, well, you know what? It's them, it's not me. They're not bad people. They probably had an unappreciative childhood, an unappreciative development phase in their lives. Some of you, when you met your partner, some of you who are in relationships now, when you met your partner, you had no idea you were going to be dealing with some of the things you're dealing with now. You met them, and you weren't thinking about the X factor in the relationship. You weren't thinking about some of the things associated with them. You wanted that person. But one thing that you have to remember, you hear a lot of women say, well, you know, a man has to accept me and my kids. We're a package. Well, the first package they have to accept is you with all of those other things associated with you besides the children. You hear a lot of women when they're rejected who have children, they think that it's their kids. Some of these guys have written in and told me it wasn't their children. Like Stephen, email dated November 11, 2022. I've been dating this lady now for the last year and a half. She has two children. Sometimes I feel like a child in the relationship. She's 10 years older than I am. She's 38 and I'm 28. And I feel like a kid every time I'm with her. She's always treating me like a mother would. And I've spoken to her about this several times. She says I'm being mean because that's the way she shows affection. It's too maternalistic for me. I'm trying not to break up with her. But if this keeps going on, I don't think I could handle it. Her kids are even treating me like one of their peers. I'm not going to sit here and beat my chest and talk about being a manly man. I work my ass off. I pay the bill. I take care of her, and I'm doing the things that the children's father never did for them. The kids never went to Disneyland until I spent my money to take them. The kids never had a good meal at a steakhouse until I took them. I don't throw this in her face or in her kid's face. But I guess she might have been with them a little bit too long because she was by herself for a while. I don't know how to deal with this. I would love to have your input. Stephen, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Now, Stephen, sorry I'm so late getting back to your email and all of you folks that wrote in. But um, one thing I would tell you, 
if you happen to be listening, sir, one thing that I will tell you is this. Some women have been alone so long with their kids that they've vested all of their time, effort, emotions, and everything in those children to deflect from that bad relationship that they were exposed to. And sometimes the women become so centric and so focused that even when they get a man in their lives, they may still think, me and my kids, and him. And so the way they look at managing and him is to treat you like a child. Because that's the only management style she really knows. A lot of women lose men this way, especially older women dealing with younger men. Most older men dealing with younger women, they know if they squeeze too tight, oh, it's nothing but a phone call and she's out of his life. When these guys start trying to act like their dad and start laying down the law like they're a child when they're in a full adult, oh, you can't, You got to be in the house by eight. You can't wear that dress. You can't do this. You can't do that. When their insecurity starts to spill over like that, these wiser young ladies know to get out of that relationship. And the problem that older men have with younger women, a lot of times they squeeze too hard. And they're squeezing based on their insecurity. See, a secure man is going to allow that woman to be herself. And if she likes him, and she likes being around him, and she's comfortable, she's going to make it a point never to be too far away from him because he means that much to her. Now, the problem with a lot of single mothers that have this disposition, they may be carrying some burdens on their shoulders. The failure of a past relationship, or if she has multiple kids by multiple men, a consistent record of failure, as she sees it, disappointment. And she's embarrassed in front of her children because they're going to start asking questions. And when they get in their teens, they'll probably start criticizing their mom. I dated a woman one time. She had a 16-year-old daughter, 17-year-old son. And the daughter was a handful. And they got into an argument one day. And the daughter said straight up, if you had any respect for me and my brother, we would have had the same dad. You couldn't keep your legs closed. I had to break them up because it was getting ready to get nasty. Very nasty. But then I asked myself, what the hell am I doing doing this? Why am I referee? But I broke them up. I didn't want to see nobody harmed. I was sat down. The daughter wanted a car. Well, mom, she had the money. 
but she didn't feel as though her daughter deserved it because of the way she was treated. The brother, on the other hand, couldn't wait to get out of the house. He was joining the military, going to join the army. Mother was trying to talk him out of going to the army. Oh, you're just going to go over there and get killed and nobody's going to give a damn about you, etc. And he told her, in some ways, I'd rather take a bullet than to go what I've gone through in the past. And this was very telling about the way these kids grew up and very telling about the way she actually reared them. She tried to explain to me about how hard it was and all the things. I, I understood it. It's hard for a single mother. However, she was too proudful to take the kids to her parents while she worked on herself and got her career together. And they suffered with her. And the daughter didn't want to be like her mom. Her son wanted to just get out of the whole situation altogether. Didn't want to have nothing to do with his mom or his father. And she was trying her best with her kids. Giving them almost everything in order to appease them. And of course that wasn't working. It was a tough situation she was faced with. And she made every excuse in every excuse in the world. Oh, she's just like her daddy. She's going on and on. And what I was trying to explain to her at the time, because she wanted me to make a commitment, and we had only been dating for like two and a half weeks. And I couldn't do it. And the first thing she did was blame it on the kids. Well, it's because I'm a single mom with kids. I'm like, no. It's because you haven't learned your lesson from what you've gone through. You don't listen to your children. That's where the problem was. But she was so insecure being a parent because she had them very young. And she never did want them to get smarter than she was, better than she was. She wanted them to look up to her, but how could they do that going through some of the degrading things she had to go through in life in order to make it with them in the audience? So it was tough. And she broke down and she told me, I did the best I could. I didn't know what being a parent was like. And I explained to her she didn't have to qualify a thing to me. This was the best life she could put forth. I couldn't judge her on that. I said, but you also shouldn't be so hard on yourself. Because what you've done now, even though they've grown up the way they've grown up, you can't change that. Well, my daughter talks back to me. My son doesn't want to be around me. And I said, now, what about you? I don't know about me is what she told me. Because she had put all her energy into those children. Including some of the sacrifices she made. Some of the bad 
decisions she made to be with guys that could take care of her and her children, but had to pay a price along the way with her dignity, her respect, her integrity. Standard. It was sad because she was in her late 30s and she was still lost. And a lot of times when women think that it's just the kids, that's the problem. They were going to be grown and gone shortly. But she had to deal with her first. She had to deal with herself. She had to deal with the problems and the things that she neglected for all those years. Self-care. And I said, maybe you need to see a therapist. I'm not going to see no damn therapist. A year later, she was with a therapist. Because she continued to make those mistakes with the other guy after me. Don't know if she ever got it together or not. Hope she has. Wish her the best. But you run across situations like these. Because that person that you are meeting on that first date, you don't know what they've gone through. You don't know how they've managed certain things. There are some people that manage tragedy, downturns, and all all these other things very well. And they don't need therapy. But there are others you can tell. They act out. They lash out. They're angry. Because they set expectations for others that maybe they cannot meet. And it kind of is like the yardstick to keep them away from relationships as well. More in a moment. Now, one of the worst situations you could find yourself in is a situation like Gloria found herself in. And she is out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. She writes the following. I've been with this guy now for six months. I don't really like him. I don't love him. But I love what he does for me. I have tried diligently to make myself like him. And I've even tried even harder to make him love me. And me love him. I think I've made some headway on his side of the equation as far as him loving me. On my side of the fence, I'm not there yet. And I'm tired of faking it. I'm tired of going through the motions like I'm really interested in him. Sometimes, I guess, I do have to be honest. And this is one time that I can't help but to be. But I know it's going to crush him because he's gone through some emotional pain, being rejected by several women in the past, going through hard times, going through a divorce. Is there any way that I could delicately end this where he won't be mad at me or hate me? He's given me everything I've wanted. We've gone on trips. He's given me all kinds of jewelry and gifts. 
he's really gone over the top. In some cases, a little bit too much, even when I told him I didn't want these things. But now I'm at a point of being truthful. I found someone that I really love, and he loves me. I don't know what to tell him, because I'll feel so guilty if I lie to him. Well, what I would tell you, ma'am, and this email was dated December 3rd, 2022. I would just say to you, what you're dealing with here is your consciousness. Your conscience has now tapped you on the shoulder and said, okay, the jig is up. You know, I think you have a problem using people, and I think this is where you are. Because you might be tempted to use him, and you know the longer you use him, the more he's going to hang around, the more he's going to push up for you for a sex relationship. And you don't want that. So you're going to have to tell him the truth and end it, saying it's not working. We both are on two different paths in life. Don't lead him on. I know you're tempted to do it. A lot of women actually fall to that temptation. But he's been trying to do all these things in order to measure up to the standard that you probably hadn't set for him. So therefore, you feel as though you're kind of getting an undeserved accolade. You have to remember that some relationships you're going to end, and it's not going to end so well where that person's going to like you or think of you favorably. I was in a relationship once, and we were together for about close to seven or eight months. And she told me something similar to that. I can't get serious with you because I'm still looking for someone. I wasn't it. I was just a temporary fixture. She led me on. But it was my fault for not picking up on the red flags as well. And she wanted to give me everything I'd purchased for her back. And I said, well, I can't wear a lot of that shit because I bought it for you, for your size. Well, you can give it to another girl that could wear I said, mm-mm. I'm not giving nobody a regifting package. So you go on and keep it. Well, I'm just going to throw it away. Okay. Don't know if she did or not. You run across people that have these kind of dispositions. And it's difficult to deal with them sometimes because... They are at a point where they want to make a decision to move forward, but move forward without you. And some people have a conscience, and they don't know how to do it, like this young lady, Gloria, in order to end it. Well, we're big boys. We're used to rejection. So ending it doesn't end our world. It just starts a new quest. We're not infallible or anything like that. We have feelings too. 
But we also have a lowered expectation for women in general. And the reason why we have that is because of exposure. You guys have more exposure to different men than we have to women. So the likelihood of you finding someone that strikes your interest is a lot greater. And see, one thing you have to realize, guys, just because you have a relationship with a woman or you started dating doesn't mean that she's not still looking. She may look at you as the best she can do for right now. But is she absolutely the best she can, are you absolutely the best she can do? That's the reason why I tell couples not to ask that question to each other unless they're serious about the answer. Sitting across the table from each other and saying, honey, in all all truthfulness, am I the best you could absolutely do for a man? Or if the lady asks that question to the guy, if they change the subject or say, let's talk about something else, or if they walk away or they say, I'm not answering that question, that is your answer. Couples have broken up over that question. You see, you want someone that is tired. Tired of the bullshit, tired of the chasing, tired of going through all of the headaches. You're looking for someone that's ready to hang up their jersey and say, you know what? I want to be loved. I want to be happy. I want to be in a relationship. I want stability. And yes, they may want to settle voluntarily. See, when a person settles voluntarily, what that means is that they're not looking anymore. They're done looking. They're taking that dating app off their phone, deleting their account, and devoting themselves to the relationship to make it work. They use it just for what it's for, just to meet someone. That's it. Not to go and use it as a social event or a popularity contest or therapy, or some sort of ego boost. Fellas, that's the kind of woman you would look for. She's over it. She's had enough of the bullshit. She's looking for something serious. Same thing for you ladies. That practical man that's tired of going out there and throwing away his money on people that are never going to benefit in any kind of way or his feelings. That's a tough nut to crack. Because guess what you have out there? More of the other type of people than the one you're looking for. And this is why you have such difficulty in finding people. Because you got a lot of people that are using dating sites and the internet for recreational purposes. Diversions. To have fun. To bullshit you. There was a lady recently that got stood up that wrote me. I think it was about three or four months ago. And this guy had her on this internet platform for about seven or eight weeks. And they were supposed to have this wonderful dinner. Well, she was there at the restaurant waiting for him. He didn't show. She kept texting him. It didn't show. 
thought something had happened to him, thought his car had broken down or something. But then he revealed to her that he was married and he couldn't get away from the house. It took all of that for him to tell the truth. So if he would have gotten away from the house and went on a date with her, he would have still continued to lie. More than likely. People are people. A lot of times they don't change. They're who they are. Believe them when they say who they are because they mean it. Now, this lady didn't know that this man had all this going on in his life. But in that online exchange, oh, he could do and be anybody he wanted to. Not even coming close to the person that she met. Carla writes the following out of Dallas, Texas. I've listened to your podcast and you have one lady on that you guys used to date. How is that so where you used to date someone and you guys still get along? What is up with that? Carla, it's about the way you treat people. And it's about how you establish your boundaries and your standards up front and how you develop your relationship. We developed as friends, and then we became lovers. With a mutual respect and understanding that if it didn't work out, we would still respect each other. We still have our dignity as we go on in our path in life. Makes it much easier. Friends with them over decades. Doesn't change. But you got to find the right person for that. Not anyone fits that mold. That's the reason why I'm so selective about the women that I would choose to be in my life. Many of you have written in talking about, I see why you're single. You're very deep. No. I just know what I need in my life. That's the difference. Not what I want. Oh, there are many women that have written in about how they would like to move to Vegas, how they would like for me to move with them, how would they like for me how they would like for me to be with them. But it's all well and good. But here's the thing. A lot of them are in different phases in life. And like I told you, you have to deal with not only the person, you got to deal with the situations they're in. I didn't find anyone that was situationally desirable. Some of them still living with their boyfriends. Others of them trying to start a new life. 
get yourself acclimatized to the new life you're living before you look for a relationship. You'll find some people that really haven't been free a good percentage of their lives. My friend Regina. Had a tough life. You get with someone very early in your life. And then after that relationship's over with, you've gone through your 20s, you're in your 30s, and you get with another guy that's very demanding. Sucks all the oxygen out of the room. And you never had a chance to be yourself or even know what you like because this person, you've always had to put them first. And sometimes we forget to put ourselves first. I was going to a date one time, and I'll never forget it. There was this puppy that was wandering around the street, down the street from where my girl lived. And I stopped. Cute little fella. He was on the leash. He had tags. I picked him up. I think he was a lab puppy. And this lady runs down the street and she says, oh my God, you caught him. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. When I got to my date's place, she was on the phone. The lady that the dog that I picked up, the puppy that I'd found, it was her on the phone with her telling about this nice guy that stopped his car and started picking up her dog, picking up her puppy. Didn't know at the time that they were neighbors, they knew each other, they were friends. And she's love bombing me, I mean, kissing me like crazy and saying, oh, you're so wonderful. That was so sweet that you did that. And then she took me down the street to meet the lady and she was a very nice lady a little bit older in her 50s and what was funny she asked me she said well do you have a friend that I could probably talk to and I told her I said I have some friends but the one that I would pick out for you he lives too far away and she said well just tell him to give me a call She'll give you my number, etc. Okay. We went on a date. We went to a pizza place. Shakey's. We had a ball. I never knew that a woman so small, and this was one of the first smaller women I've ever dated. She was only like 5'5". Five, five. This woman could put away a 13-inch pizza like it was nothing. I thought she was going to explode. 
but it was cool. And so she said, uh, so when are you going to see your friend again? I said, I don't know. I'll probably see him in a week or two. Do you have his phone number? Yeah. I said, but I got to get his permission to give you his phone number or to give the phone number to the other lady. And she said, well, he won't try to talk to me or anything because I'm trying to work out something with you. I said, no, it's not like that. We don't roll like that. We have a gentleman's agreement. And she said, okay, cool. So I called him. And he was like, yeah, I'll be down to meet her and I can drive out there. It's no problem. Okay. So I gave her his number. She gave it to her neighbor. They hit it off. And shit, I don't even think they lasted a year before they got married. Now, she was older than my friend. My friend was only 35, 36 at the time, and she was in her 50s. They did pretty good together. Still together to this day. Didn't get a chance to go to their wedding because I was out of town, but... From what I understand, it was a pretty good thing. Me and the young lady, we realized after a while that we were a little bit different. She wanted to go whitewater rafting in Idaho. And that was all nice and good, but we had different lifestyle tastes. We gradually grew apart. Still remain friends to this day. I don't look at her as anybody that's negative or anything like that. I mean, the same way. If I call her right now, she'll pick up. Hey, what's going on with her husband? And the cool thing about it, these are people that you build things with, you build relationships with, build friendships with. And sometimes you have an ex and you think, oh, they're useless, I don't need them for anything. Don't burn those bridges, because you never know. Just because you can't get along in a relationship does not mean you cannot get along as friends. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Everything is ruined because you had sex. No. Doesn't have to be. You go through that moment where, yeah, the feelings may be there. But what you have to do is get that block of time in between the two of you to normalize your intentions once again, to normalize your feelings. I remember one time I had sex with this lady. And it was a one-night stand deal. And the thing was, I saw her a couple of years later. And the question came in my head. I can't believe I fucked that. <laughs> she wasn't bad looking. She was 
I'll put it to you this way. If you walked past her, you wouldn't notice she was there in the room. We've all had those. The misfires. The regrettable fucks. Ladies, I know you've had them. Guys, you've had them too, I'm sure. Somebody you slept with and you was like, damn. I was that horny? <laughs> the hell was wrong with me? You asked yourself, my dick was that hard that night? You started to try to recollect what you had drank before. Sometimes it happens that way. But in any case, I still didn't consider her a bad person. I actually spoke to her. She was happy to see me and everything. We exchanged numbers. We still talked. We were on Facebook as friends. She didn't owe me anything. I didn't owe her anything. And sometimes it's hard for people to make peace like that. But sometimes that's the best avenue. Guess what that does? It takes the stress from you. The pressure off of you. You're not having to deal with carrying that shit around. You see, when you're initially hurt in a relationship, when somebody actually ends it and they cut you off and you're actually crying and all this up, boo-hoo and it's snotting. At that point, you're very fragile, can be triggered easily. And in some cases, you want closure. You want to figure out a way where you can make it work. Could you do something better? Whose fault is it? All this other crap. Sometimes that person just wants to be left alone. And sometimes you have to benefit from that by saying, you know what? I should desire the same until I can get myself composed to go forward. Because the longer you let them linger, the worse it gets. More in a moment. One question I get a lot is, how much control should the relationship have over you in regards to your individuality? Just like with anything else, your diet included, it has to be measured. Too much of anything is not good for you. Too much of the relationship is not good for you. Too much thinking about the relationship is not good for you. You want it where it's balanced. If you feel like you're trapped in a relationship and it's overwhelming and it's consuming you and you're afraid because in a way you don't want to give up your autonomy and this is the reason why a lot of people don't like going into relationships because they've got to give up a little of something. They have to share. This is the reason why people don't like narcissistic people so much. They're selfish. I'm not going to share with you. 
You can serve me. That's where they look at it. Sharing is a weakness to many of them. So, in that regard, what you'll find sometimes are people who go gun-shy because of that. They don't want to deal with that because they're afraid that they're going to get crushed. They're going to be disappointed. Their feelings are going to be hurt. So as a safeguard, they'd rather abstain from relationships and complain about being single and only go into that cauldron of relationship as far as dating and those kind of things just to find someone to relieve some tension with sexually. And then they go back out of it. So what happens? They start to objectify people. They're more than a, nothing more than an inanimate object. They don't want to get involved with the emotional mechanics of a relationship. But it doesn't have to be overwhelming by no stretch. It just has to be measured. Because you have to be accountable. You have to have integrity. You have to have trust in that person. So if you have trust issues, for instance, that's going to be a problem. If you're a chronic liar, you're going to have honesty issues. Those very questions that women ask on many of their profiles, when they say, I want an honest guy that's trustworthy. Here's the thing that most guys hear, ladies, when they talk to women. They'll talk about how the guy was a liar, how the guy was this, a cheater. You name it, all the bad stuff. And they say, well, you know, I have trust issues. Ladies, that is an eject button for a man. When he says, when he hears that you have trust issues... What that means to him is insecurity. What that means is that they have to demote you from potential wife, potential fiance, potential girlfriend, down to somebody that's either a friend or someone that's a friend with benefits or a booty call. Even though you're honest with them and telling them the truth, the guy that's going to stay with you He's going to be the guy to help you work through that by making you comfortable. The guy that's going to just be there for the moment. He's going to be the guy that's going to lie to you and tell you that. But he has no intentions of going any further with you. One thing to always remember. When a man lies to you, ladies, especially in the beginning, he's looking at being with you short term. No doubt about it. Same thing when women do this to you fellas. They don't respect you enough to tell you the truth. And unfortunately, this is very telling. Now, once you've figured this out, what do you do? Some of you ladies are caught into a situation where 
you're with a guy. You're not sure that you want to be with him. He's not ready to commit from what you think because it's still kind of early in the relationship. But you want some sort of confirmation from him that the two of you are going to be exclusive. And it still may be too early in the relationship. A lot of you ask for this way too early. And in many cases, it's a stopgap for many of you just to go get the commitment. He says he loves you. And then before you know it, you guys are having sex. Because that's what you want to do. Now, remember, the quality of his commitment is something you need to look at, too. Not the quantity of it. Not him saying, yeah, we can do this. He's got to show you this. But a lot of you just open your legs up as soon as you hear those words. And then wonder why he leaves so quickly. It's not because your vagina was bad. It's not because you're a bad person or you did something wrong. A lot of times it has to do with the fact that you're asking for that commitment too early. The I love yous and those kind of things too early. Because he's been down that road before. More often than not. I remember going out on a date. I was like, phew, 18 or so. This was just before I joined the Marine Corps. This lady told me she loved me. And we had only talked on the phone for about three or four times went on our first date went to Disneyland told me she loved me wrapped her arms around me gave me a kiss and everything and I thought it was way too soon and she says well I want us to be committed and I want us to have this relationship Now, the only problem was she didn't ask me if I thought it would be okay on my side. She just told me what she wanted, and I was supposed to agree with her. Well, things went okay until I met her parents. And her parents had no feelings for me at all. My white, auburn-haired daughter with blue eyes are going to be with your black ass. That's pretty much what was said in a politically correct way. And she was very close to her family. And the father and I talked. He wasn't racist as far as uh, outwardly racist. But he says, uh, how do you expect to take care of my daughter? I said, well, I'll be going in the military pretty soon, et cetera, et cetera. He says, yeah, but you'll be trying to adjust and you're going to be in there with all kind of women and I started thinking about it, I said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I didn't want to tell him that. But the thing was, he says, you know, my daughter, she rarely dates. She doesn't go out that much. You're the first guy to show her some attention. I just don't want you to hurt her feelings, but I think that this would be a bad move for you guys to get serious when you're getting ready to go overseas and go in the military and boot camp and everything. He says, why don't you wait till you get settled and see how things go. 
And I agree with her. And I'm saying to myself, she's moving way too fast. And so we were going to get ready to go out that night. Her mom really didn't like me. And she says, instead of going out and wasting money at a restaurant, let's get some fast food, check in a motel, and have some fun. That's what we did. And at that time, I told her, I said, well, your dad, um, we had a talk, because she asked about it. And I said, well, he told me a few things. I said, I'm joining the military, et cetera, et cetera, and I'm going to be gone, and this guy, well, I'll wait for you. I'll do whatever it takes. I said, don't, don't hold your life up for that. Because, hell, I might wind up getting killed. Who knows? Don't say that. You know, she was going through all that. And she cried. Because she wanted me to stay in that relationship with her. And I flatly refused. And it hurt me to do that, but I had to. And so with that, what happened, we wound up going our separate ways. We kept in touch for about a year as I traveled throughout the world and stuff. Then after that, she wrote me and told me, guess what, I'm getting married, I'm pregnant. Okay, cool. At first, there was a sense of loss, but there was a lot of happiness, too. Because she carried on her life. She didn't just hold it up and waste going into her 20s for me. Because I was having fun. I was overseas, overseas, in the Philippines and different places, and we were doing some gut bucket fucking over there. So, it worked out okay. Sometimes you don't win every battle. And that's to be expected. You shouldn't. Because then you become pompous. You become egotistical, narcissistic. You become that person that you think you're entitled to things. It's about just keeping yourself grounded. It's not about making yourself feel bad. But it's all about being in tune with who you are. Now, the one thing that sometimes haunts us in relationships is that factor of not knowing where our partner is emotionally. Are they thinking about a long-term relationship? Are they thinking about a committed relationship? Are they even on the mindset of thinking about being with you for the next minute? And that can kind of fuel some anxiety, but you usually can pick up on those signs. But the one thing that I want you to get out of this, ladies, more so than anything, is to understand that if you go for the commitment too soon, 
that can sometimes deter him from being with you. Now, things have slacked up a little bit more now because it used to be when a woman would push a guy like that, she wanted to beat the biological clock and all that good stuff. But women have grown out of that stereotype for the most part. You still have some that still believe that, but for the most part, they've grown up, educated themselves. And so, with this, you just want to be mindful of the guy that you're with. And remember, wherever you meet him, that's where you'll probably see him again. So if you meet him in a nightclub, talk to a whole bunch of women before he gets to you, that's probably where you see him again. And it might not be on the terms that are favorable for you. See, he would have to alter his life. He would have to change his life for you. Because that's what a relationship requires. For you to modify your behavior. To modify situations. And some of the things that you will have to do as far as elements of your personality. And some people don't like that because they think they're losing something. And so they are saying, well, the hell with that. No compromises here. I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing. They either get on the train and ride with me or they stay their ass at the station. Again, very centric, very selfish. And you go on and you get in that relationship with them because you want them so badly. And then you complain after you've got them about how bad it is. And then you try to comfort yourself by saying, well, everybody has problems. This is better than being with nobody. That's a real empty feeling to have. Now, does a person demonstrate love? We talk about a lot of PDAs, public displays of affection, that kind of thing. Don't be fooled by that. There are some couples that are genuinely happy. The lady that I dated who did the cartwheel on the street in a sundress with no underwear. She was a PDA queen. I mean, every second we were either kissing, hugging, stopping in the middle of the intersection to kiss and all this stuff, but it was all prompted by her because that's the kind of personality she had. She was kind of bubbly with that and loved that. It was a bit much. But I said, that's something that I could tolerate with no problem. And we used to always get that, why don't you guys get a room? (laughs) And of course, she'd fight back with something smart. Are you going to pay for it? But she was a very, very uplifting and upbeat person. And even though she lived in Santa Monica, because she wanted to be near nature and the beach, she told me one day, she says, you know, I'm going to move to a place that has a cabin. And you should come with me. No. Snow and wildlife. No, thank you. I had to deal with that when I was in the military. She was bummed out, but she was always upbeat. Well, if you ever get tired of city life, 
You can come up in the mountains with me. And she went on and moved. I encouraged her to do so. She was willing to stay in Santa Monica and us getting together there. I was like, no, I don't want to have any regrets by you about the way you have lived your life. Because you got a plan. Something that a lot of people don't have. And you have a strategy in order for it to work. So why should I interfere with your success? And she looked and she said, well, that would mean that if you moved up there with me, I would interfere with yours. I said, exactly. And I appreciate you acknowledging that. So we were cordial. To this day, we're still cordial. We're still friends. Just talked to her a week ago. She's up there in Oregon freezing her ass off as usual. But she loves it. Now, some of the food she cooks, that's a whole different story. But there's some animals she eats that, mm-mm, not happening here. But that's her lifestyle that she chose. We had a disconnect when it came to lifestyle and incompatibility. But I'm glad we recognized that early before we got involved and started really having deep feelings for each other. And that would be a problem. Now, we're going to talk more in just a moment. Now, in concluding, there are a couple of things I want you to take away from this. Assess how you're treated by a person early. Are they only with you because you're providing material things? You're buying things for them. You're giving them things. You're love bombing them. They're love bombing you. Do you feel as though you're getting undeserved affection or too much of it? Or in some cases, not enough? It should be balanced. Are you feeling like you're putting more emotions and feeling into a situation than that other person is? You need to talk about it. If they're inconsiderate about your feelings, you need to talk about it. They're inconsiderate about listening to you. You need to talk about it. Don't sit there like a bump on the log thinking it's going to get better. Because they could very well not be aware of what they're doing and how it's impacting you. You got to remember, there's no such thing as common sense. You could ask 20 people to define that term. You have 20 different answers. What you may find is that they agree on survival instinct. They'll agree on comfort. They agree on personal satisfaction, self-interest. But as far as the term itself... You have different alliterations of it. Now, the other thing to keep in mind, too, 
you're going to have to make compromises with anyone you date or decide to have a relationship with. If you're not willing to compromise, the times are going to be very difficult for you to find someone that will really tolerate you. And yes, I said tolerate. You'll start noticing this by the number of people that care not to be around you anymore. You see, when a person is isolated and they're thinking the world's against them, it's probably because they ran everybody else away. And I will tell you guys, just because the woman is beautiful, shapely, fine, whatever, that could also be the issue. I can't tell you how many women I've run across where they said, oh, I don't have a lot of female friends because they're all messy. Well, the reason why they left her is because she was the messy one. And then they'll come back and tell you something like, yeah, she got mad at me because I slept with a boyfriend one time. And they just go and think that, huh, you know, what else? It happens. That's what they say. And you start to realize that she's normalized cheating. And she's inconsiderate of the feelings of other people that impacted were impacted by that, including her friend that she betrayed. Tells you that's a self-centered, centric person. And you got to ask yourself, how does this person fit into your life? Or do they? Or just because she's fine, are you going to try to force her into your life? Or ladies, if he's handsome and he's doing the same thing. Are you going to try to force him there? Now, one thing about men, ladies, to keep in mind, we have friends, but we don't have the relationships with our friends like you do. There's a lot of shit we wouldn't share with our other friends, especially anything that has to do with a female. Because you never know when you have a predator around that may be your friend. He's thinking, oh, you know, they got problems. I got a shot. The other thing, too, if that person is using material things as a substitute for their personality or lack thereof, they buy you all these things, they're love bombing you, they're, they're saturating you with so much emotions, they're overdoing it. Please consider the fact that they could very well be desperate. They could be controlling. They could be obsessed with you. Now, one other thing too. That person that may appear emotionally dead to you, where no matter what you try to do, they're not really impacted by it, they're indifferent by it. Before you decide to pursue that person, you might want to just ask them some direct questions about where they're going in their lives, what do they want out of life, what do they want out of a relationship, how are you fitting into that whole spectrum. Sometimes they'll say, well, you know, whatever happens, happens. If you go, oh well, I'll just find somebody else. 
That shows you exactly what your value is to them. So it has to be mutual enthusiasm when it comes to starting a relationship. I'm not saying that you guys got to go and do cartwheels like the lady did with me. But what I am saying is there has to be some mutual admiration and respect. I don't forget one night in Victoria, the lady that had the hearse. We went up on Mulholland in that damn hearse again. We opened it back up and we were sitting there drinking some sparkling cider on the side of the road. And she told me, she said, I guess you never thought that you would be with this white girl from back east in the back of a hearse drinking sparkling cider. She said, I had no idea that I'd be with a guy. And at that time, I had a jerry curl. And she said, with a jerry curl. And I said, yeah, you're right. I said, so we both are different in our own rights. And she said, yes. And then we hang our little Martinelli's uh, bottles together, sparkling bottles together. We took a sip. She was a very peaceful person. Even though she had this eerie-ass aura of death, which, in many ways, I didn't mind. She always wore black and white, except for the one time I met her when she was in the jeans. But she was really a sweet person, a genuine person. On the surface, I thought, oh, she's in the goth, dude. She'll never think about me. And the first time we met over there at Tower Records, we started something special. Total opposites. But we went on, met on a mutual accord. She liked Genesis. I liked Genesis. She liked some other R&B songs. I liked them too. She liked Keiko Matsui. She liked David Arkenstone. She liked Boss Skaggs. And that brought us closer together. Music was the language that brought us together. You will find, folks, that things like that, simple things, they're very simple things, will make the biggest impact. But it was kind of funny. We got pulled over by LAPD one time in Hollywood. (laughs) And the cop was just wondering what was going on with the hearse situation. And she told him. And he just shook his head. He says, I never heard of somebody driving a hearse. Now, what's funny, kind of ironic now that I think about it, and I think this is the reason why it was so adaptable, 
When I was in the Marine Corps, there was a guy in my platoon, in my company, that drove a Cadillac hearse. That was his actual car. His family owned a funeral home, and they were retiring this old Cadillac hearse, and he got it. He bought it from them. And all the guys used to get together, and that's where they would go out in the club then. It all depends. The hearse was a extension of that person's personality, just like it was for Victoria. And she used to always tell me, I always wanted to drive one of those. She says, ever since I went to my aunt's funeral, she said, I just liked the way it looked. I liked the little thing that's on the Landau top in the back, that little curly thing, the little bar. I liked the room in it. Man, it was kind of daunting for me. And I was so happy those two times that I got her in the car with me, my car. And she says, well, I do like the sunroof. Maybe someday I should have a sunroof put in the nurse. She says, I do like the sunroof in your car. I like the music. I like the seats. She says, but it's not a hearse. And <laughs> she kept telling me that the whole time. It's just not a hearse. I told her, as long as you don't put a casket in it, I'm fine, because you might try to throw my ass in it. But we had a lot of fun. Memorable moments. Times to cherish for life. That's what you're looking for. A relationship where you can have it where it's filling. Even after these years that I'd gone out dating and stuff. One thing I grew to a level of maturity with is that when you start looking at things in retrospect, you look at the choices you made and the reasons why you made those choices. And then you look at what was your win-loss record on the choices you made. And if they're more positive than negative, you're going to have a different outlook on life. I was fortunate to have more positive experiences than negative ones. And I had some negative ones, trust me. But it all worked out. It gave me a sense of balance. Now, folks, what I want to leave you with are these few words. I want you to understand one thing. Your love is precious. Your affection is precious. Don't take it for granted. Don't throw it away on everyone and anyone. Be selective. Be creative. If it doesn't work, you haven't lost. You just move on. But don't overextend yourself to a point of exhaustion, emotional exhaustion, for someone that's not giving it back to you. For someone that's not being considerate of you. For someone who's not listening to you. And I'm not saying that you got to be this person that's going to be so manipulative and be sensitive about every little thing. But what I am saying is that where it's balanced and fair. Because people, let me tell you something about men in general with us. Being that you set the pace in a relationship as a woman. You also can dictate the way we treat you, the way we respect you, 
You meet that guy that's cursing every other word's a curse word, and he's calling you shorty, and you don't want to hear that shit. He'll say, look, before we carry on this conversation, my name is so-and-so, and I'd appreciate it if you were not to do that around me, because what that's doing is lowering my expectation of you. You'd be surprised how many men would abide by those wishes. There'll be some out there that won't. You ain't going to tell me what to do. Who the fuck you think you are? Blah, 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 blah. Now, would you really want to be with someone like that anyway? The answer is probably no. That's the first level of respect that you should require. Because after all, these guys will follow suit. If you went and said you wanted to be with a man, if you got a college degree, you wanted a man with a college degree... There are guys out there that would try to talk to you and they realize you wanted a college degree. They'll say, shit, let me go back to school. While there are others that will say, ah, she thinks she's stuck up, she ain't shit. A lot of you ladies have been called stuck up because you had standards that that person didn't meet. Don't be ashamed of it. You had your reasons to have those standards because they were based on your values. And those standards, again, have preferences associated with them and boundaries. And if they can't abide by that, why should they be around? You're giving them the mutual respect. The least you could do is uh, get that in return. You're not asking for much. Don't complain about the guy being disrespectful. Don't respect him by engaging with them arguing, trying to get the last word. Let that go. Because you're giving him more fuel and more energy to try to still shoot his shot at you. See, a guy, he could be rejected and he'll still try to go for you. Even though he's talking bad about you, telling you pussy stank or whatever. He wouldn't know. He hadn't been down there. He don't know what you got down there. He's doing that out of frustration. But you got to remember, Who triggered who? You asked for respect, he gave you disrespect. Who's the one that's upset and mad and their blood pressure's up? He is, not you. And also, that's a red flag for any other woman that's in proximity of seeing him act like that. And a lot of these guys, they haven't had any home training, so they don't know. The man who does know, he's going to respect you right off the bat. Because after all, he is trying to impress you. It's not vice versa. So sometimes you have to use your soft power. It should be required. I want you good folks to take care. Thank you for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message 
at anchor.fm backslash romantic truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at romantictruthpodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.